And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's the little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hi, hello, and welcome back to the 1983 National Football League Draft. And with the first round pick, John Elway, Jim Kelly. Welcome back to the draft. And with the first round pick, Dan Marino and Bruder. NFL Draft. And with the first round pick, Deion Sanders. I was kind of scared. I thought the show was going to take me. I would have asked for so much money that I had to put me on layaway. Welcome back to the NFL Draft. Good young players with the traps all about. Here in and you're out. Welcome back to the draft. Wide receivers running back. Tackle. Quarterback. Every year in the draft. All right, welcome back to the draft. One more time here. It's the About Them Cowboys podcast on the Athletic Podcast Network. We hope you've been enjoying all of our NFL draft coverage here on the Athletic Podcast Network with uh, the Athletic Football Show and Prospects of Pros, Dame Brugler, Lance Zerline. Both of those guys are going to be on the Athletic Football Show next week, and then we're doing a live stream for round one with uh, the Athletic Football Show. Dane will be making an appearance on that, so if you want to Hear from Dane on night one of the draft. Check that out on on the YouTubes and things like that. Of course, the Athletic app as well. Make sure you download Dane's Beast on the Athletic before draft day. Maybe print that bad boy out, bind it up, and get that thing ready for all three days of the draft. But we've got some mock drafting to do here. And to do so, we are welcoming the all-stars of the About Them Cowboys podcast. I like to say uh, it is from the Athletic and the Ticket. Saad Youssef, from the Eagle, Kevin K.T. Turner, and from the Athletic, Father John Mishota. Boys, I wish we had Bob Sturm here because it's uh, it's Cowboys mock draft season. He contributed to this uh, piece that you guys did uh, that we're going over, so want to give him some credit where credit is due and uh, and shout him out before uh, before we get into this, K.T. Yeah, and as Bob's agent, I, I'm, I'm gladly, uh, I will gladly comment on his behalf. Just kidding. He would not, probably not like that at all. Um, so, um, we're, we're there, right? So I really enjoyed, uh, reading up on, uh, your guys' pick. Uh, John, walk us through the process before we get started. What exactly you guys all went through before you laid out this very intensive draft? Because the Cowboys have 10 picks this year. Yeah. So Saad and I, in, in previous years, like last year, we hit it pretty hard where we did several of these where just him and I, you know, mocked every single pick for the Cowboys and, uh, we did them a bunch of different ways. And so, this year, uh, you know, Bob Sturm jumped in for this last one, and we all just each did our own mock draft through the draftnetwork.com's mock draft simulator. And we just used that one because it seemed to be the easiest to navigate and the one that over the last two years has been the most, you know, realistic. You know, it's, it's, it's tough. I'm sure you see these mock drafts that people screen grab and put on Twitter. I'm not going to mention the sites, but you know, you see them getting just like this boatload of guys, like in the first top 100 picture, like that's (laughs) literally not going to happen with that being said, as we get through this one, there's some scenarios in here between Bob and I, that we both got guys that I don't think will really be there at that pick. But uh, when we go through them, we can kind of talk out who else was there, what might be more realistic and things like that. But those are the problems you run into when you use these mock draft simulators, especially when you get into seven rounds. 
there's just a lot of guys that are kind of out there that you're like, yeah, I find it hard to believe that guy's going to be there in the fifth. He's probably gone in the third or still there at 44. I think that guy's going to go to the back end of the first round. So it's been pretty easy. And then the other thing that, you know, we can each do ours at a different time and then we just combine them together and, you know, kind of just gives you three different perspectives on how we think the Cowboys could handle, you know, using all 10 of these picks. Yeah, no, it's, it's very fun to go through it. I guess we'll go through it. Let's just kind of look at each of your first round picks and we'll just go through it uh, that way. Um, I'll start with uh, you, John. I've got yours pulled up. J.C. Horn, uh, the first pick for you. Yeah, so Patrick Sertan was already gone. You know, Penny Sewell was gone. Rashawn Slater was gone. And so this is kind of this is kind of that that scenario we had talked about in previous pods of where you know, man, this, what happens if you know they're in this situation? And I don't know. The closer we get to the draft, the more I'm comfortable with. If it comes down to it. I'll take J.C. Horn at 10, and the reason why I say that is because I think if you go to 15, you're going to really be missing out on, on on like the first wave of guys. And unless, you know, New England at 15 or maybe Washington or Chicago are going to start giving you future firsts and things like that to move up, I just don't think it's worth it. I, I really don't because I think if you go back to 15, all of a sudden then you're, you're out of it for probably J.C. Horn too, and then – you know, are you overdrafting somebody? Are you taking quitty pay, even though you really don't feel great about it because you're getting a first rounder next year? And I mean, these things are possible when the Cowboys are on the clock, but I didn't do any trades in my draft. And so I was like, well, I'll take the best guy that's available. And with Sertan off the board, I thought it was J.C. Horn. All right. And Saad, uh, you had uh, Sertan off the board. I mean, you had uh, Sertan was still on the board for you. Yeah, he was, and and I even wrote this like I, I kind of hope like the the draft falls for the Cowboys the way that it did for me because I didn't really have a hard decision to make like uh, Panay Sewell was gone, Rashawn Slater was gone, um, uh, Kyle Pitts was gone, so it was really it, it just really came down to Patrick Sertain, and so it was a really easy pick. He's the top corner in the draft, maybe the top defensive player, in the, probably the top defensive player in the draft overall. So uh, pretty easy pick. Let me just uh, jump in here with one thing I just wanted to talk about that we have talked about briefly um, before we started recording the show in a previous pod, and I just wanted to hit on it right now, and and, and I think it fits perfect with Patrick Sertan and J.C. Horn, either of these corners. Um, so this is this is going to be a call to anybody listening to this. I'm, I'm open to hearing your suggestions. Uh, I want to be proven wrong on this, but I haven't been able to find too many guys. Now make sure that you listen specifically to this criteria I'm going to give. <laughs> I haven't found too many guys that have had a dad play in a professional sports league that they played in that was a top like elite pick. I'm not talking about Michael Jordan's kids who no one ever thought were going to but was an elite pick who ended up being a complete 100% bust. I have not found it at all. And when I say that, I'm talking about obvious ones in baseball. There's sons of Barry Bobby Bonds, Cal Ripken, Cal Ripken Sr., Ken Griffey, his dad Barry uh, or Prince Fielder, Cecil Fielder, uh, Peyton Manning, Eli Manning. Obviously, they're the, they're, they're the kids of Archie Manning. I know people will be like, well, what about Cooper? Again, what I said earlier, Cooper Manning was never a blue-chip prospect. I'm talking about somebody that was like a blue-chip prospect. Uh, you know, Jalen Rose, Kobe Bryant, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, uh, Christian McCaffrey. The closest I've come in this research is Chris Long to Howie Long, because Chris Long was the second overall pick in that draft, and... I, I certainly wouldn't call Chris Long a, a bust. He didn't make any Pro Bowls, but I wouldn't call him some bust. He's a two-time Super Bowl champ, played in, in, in the league over 10 years. Um, 
but I, I'm struggling. So I'm, I want to hear some some suggestions of anybody that has anybody like that. And the reason why I'm saying that is because Horn and Sertan obviously come from fathers that played in the league. I just think it's very interesting that, you know, you got these two guys there that I, I find it hard to believe that teams don't look at this stuff and, and, and the bloodline when they're trying to make these picks because there's so much uncertainty when it comes to trying to project what a guy can be. And that's why I don't know. I'm just... I'd love to hear some some names. Tweet at me. Uh, reach out that, to one of us. The only one that comes to mind, uh, this might be a bad example, is Kellen Winslow Jr. Uh, okay. And he, when he came out, he was a freak and, sure. you know, obviously had injuries and things happen. Uh, but that that's the only one that came, like, like sparred to mind. But also, I don't know if we're, we're like, entering another generation of players and, and talent right now where, uh, you know, a different – crop of of NFL players are are starting to to have kids now you know where it might be a little bit different and than it was before so I, I I'm not sure well, we're, I, I, I'll tell you this we're able North- to use I don't I don't know oh, I, I mean it's it's tough it, you're right though they might get the benefit of the doubt uh when it comes okay. to that kind of stuff uh but but John. this generation I, I I can't buy into that because I'm telling you right now this generation is the one that's just taken over baseball Vlad Vlad, yeah. Vlad Guerrero's kid, Fernando Tatis's kid. That's there's what I several, mean. That's what I'm there's saying. Several we other. might be entering that in football is what I'm saying. Like these oh, young, were they, these young were they, kids are studs. Yeah, no, no. That's not, that, yeah. I'm, I just, I've done a lot of research on this, and I can't find too many people where you're like, oh, there's that guy. It's pretty obvious. You know, that that one didn't pan out. They're just not, there's just not many Randy like Moss. that. Who was his dad? Thaddeus. Thaddeus Moss. No, uh, Thaddeus and Randy Moss. Not, is, is, is Thaddeus Moss a blue chip recruit? No, I was no. doing. A di- I was no. I was saying a, a different one. I thought you were. Oh, look- I thought you were I, looking for. People he was looking who for ones that were like like very highly recruited coming out and like. Oh, uh, so yeah. I'm talking players. about like somebody that you'd be taking in the top coming ten out of the draft. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm saying going into out the, of the draft. draft. No, yeah. no. Seth Curry. I mean, Steph Curry was in a, a, a big time prospect coming out of high school, but he's a top ten pick because yeah. if you've seen him in college, you're like, okay. I'm talking about the evaluation when you're going into the draft. That's a so great. A guy, that's kind of a good well, point, John. How about Asante Samuel? Does that count? I mean, I don't think. I mean, he hasn't done anything yet, and I think he'll probably be pretty good. But I'm just saying, like, I don't. I wouldn't even put Asante Samuel as what I would quote unquote a blue chip type guy. I I don't even know if I would put LeBron's kid in there yet. I mean, he's still got a ways to go before I would consider him like a top ten pick type guy. You know, like I'm talking about the elite of the elite, where you're like, oh yeah, did you hear so and so's kids playing? Man, that kid's been a beast since day one. Like me being from Detroit. We knew for a long time Prince Fielder was like, he was going to be something. You know, it wasn't like, oh, yeah, you know, Cecil Fielder had 51 home runs one year. Yeah, his kid's kind of overweight. I don't think he's going to – no, people knew that Prince Fielder was going to be like a really good player. Um, and then one with the Cowboys, obviously, connection, even though it's, it's two different sports, is it certainly uh, Calvin Hill and Grand Hill. Because you know, if Grand, yeah. Hill doesn't, Grand Hill doesn't get hurt, you're talking about a guy that's maybe top 15, top 20 player of all time, maybe even higher than that. Different sports. I- yeah, I apologize for getting confused. I've been getting confused more in my old age. Yeah. Um, the big test case is what will Tiger Woods' son Charlie be like? Mm, he looks like Bronny him? James. Bronny James. Yeah. Well, um, like I said, you know, I don't. I I don't get the buzz. I don't get the buzz on Bronny just from people that have seen him. Like you know, talking about like when you tell me he's like not even really the best kid on his own team stuff. Where it's like, and I know he's on like a really good. I just don't. I don't know that that's the blue chip one that like everyone's, but we'll see. I mean, he's got to play in maybe NBA. in college. He'll be in the NBA just well, because he's probably. Well, <laughs> of course, but that's why I'm saying it's got to be, for, for what I'm yeah, trying to right, quantify right. it as, because like, like with Cal Ripken Sr., like no one's talking about Billy Ripken, like, you know, because nobody knew who yeah. he really was before. But like Cal Ripken, people knew Cal Ripken was going to be like, you know, 
just like Barry Bonds and Bobby Bonds. There's wild that Asante Samuels, uh, Asante Samuel Jr. and Elijah Molden too. Elijah Molden's dad played. It's yeah. like four of the right. top six or seven That's quarterbacks right. have dads who were in the NFL for a good period of time. Uh, Bob on that had, had J.C. Horn as well. And it's kind of the same scenario. It, it really does feel like, and John, you narrowed this down a month ago. You're kind of like, you kind of probably knocked this down to just a few players. And it's kind of less exciting to talk about pick 10 when you've done it for months and you know it really feels like Horn, Sertan, probably going to be the pick. If Slater's there, maybe. We've talked about possibly throwing out the edge guys and all that stuff in the past. But um, I thought it's, so, so John and Bob both have Horn, Sada, and Sertan. We got a round two. John has a defensive tackle available <laughs> at 44 and Christian Barmore. And, and that's what I'm talking about. Like, he was there, and so I'm going to take him. And, you know, I mean – it wouldn't stun me if he falls to like the late first round, but I would think even if he fell that first round, that's the type of guy that you, you tend to see early in the second round teams are trading up for like, Oh, hold on, let's get back up and let's get into the top of the yeah. second round after the first day is over. This kid shouldn't still be here or whatever. The other thing that it hurts the chances of him falling to the Cowboys is the fact that he's pretty much the consensus number one defensive tackle and the position's very important. And so a team that really needs a defensive tackle, even though they might not look at him as a top 10 or 15 guy, they're going to be like, Hey, we got to reach five or six picks, whatever. Let's take him at 20 or something like that. Let's make sure we get a guy who has the potential to be a really good defensive tackle in this league. So he was there. And so I was like, it's, it's a reach. I don't know. I, I obviously the, the Cowboys should be thrilled if he was there. Um, but I would say some other guys that were there also were Joseph Asai, the edge rusher from Texas, and uh, Richie Grant from from UCF, so the safety. So I think those would be a little bit more realistic, and I would have been kind of considering them there. Um, Peyton Turner, the edge rusher from Houston, another guy that was still there at that time. Maybe that's a consideration, but yeah, I mean, Christian Barrymore is there. Go get him. You got to go get him. And then maybe you talk yourself into going to get him if he's there at you know, 34, 35. What about, what about one guy that... Um, I, hold on. Let me make sure that you guys didn't draft him. Let me look over this again. And, and, and I just want to make sure that I don't get his last name wrong because I am going to, uh, what about the defensive tackle, uh, Levi? <laughs> oh, I can't even on, say on because I look at him as being one of those guys that's in that maybe second, third, fourth best defensive tackle. Would you consider him there? Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's probably a good range for him. You know, I, I honestly think Barmore's range is like 15 to probably 45, you know, like yeah. when does the run on those guys go? Because a, there's not that many of them. Uh, and B, there's not that many of them that are really good. Um, so I would, I would be, like you said, it would be a complete shock. I think it's you know? going to be a backloaded, uh, first, first round and second with defensive players, you know, cause I don't think a lot of defensive yeah. players are going to go very early in this draft. You know, uh, a lot of, a lot of skill players, maybe, maybe the corners do. And, uh, you know, linebackers, but it's not like there's a ton of edge rushers like normal. You see three or four edge rushers go uh, in the top 15 uh, normally. So uh, maybe there's hope this year. It, it'll be yeah, a no. lot, too, about how they're clumped together on teams' boards because, you know, the Cowboys in 2014, you know, it's second round, but they're kind of looking like, man, Demarcus Lawrence is still there. We had him as, like, one of the top edge rushers in this class. Like, you know, and, and, and I'm using them as an example because – Got to do it. Yeah, and and you don't know that every other team felt that way. Obviously, he fell to the second yeah. round, but it's a guy that on the Cowboys board, they're like, man, 
after him, there's a drop off. Like if we want to get a guy on that upper echelon, we got to make a move right now and go get him because there's like Kent saying that there could be, you know, if, if guys are in a certain clump that they're like, yeah, we could take this guy in the third, but we got some guys here that we can get in the fourth or fifth that we don't think they're that far off from him in the third, you know? And that's where yeah. I come to on, on even these corners that we were talking about earlier is like, if it, you know, even though we think Sertan and Horn have separated themselves, what if they think that they're not that far away from some of these other guys? And then if that's the case, and let's say a Slater's there, maybe they do go offensive tackle at ten. Yeah, uh, let's go to let's go over to Sod. Sod, uh, your second round pick, Javon Holland, the safety from Oregon. Yeah, I'm kind of curious as you. I know you guys have been a, a bit more plugged in this like draft season and everything, so I'm curious. I've heard a lot about Richie Grant, and I like Richie Grant a lot. And I think, I, I don't know, this was the second time John and I did a combo mock draft. Both times Richie Grant and Javon Holland were on the board. And I wouldn't be mad if the Cowboys went either way. But I but I just feel like Javon Holland is a little bit more of a, I, I don't know, like a free safety type ball, ball hawk type guy. And so I went with Javon Holland both times. And that's what the Cowboys need, so yeah, Yeah. it makes sense. They need it. You know, uh, both really good players. And and I I like Javon Holland. Do the Cowboys, how are they going to knock players that opted out and things like that? Obviously, you know, Richie Grant got some games, you know. Um, Each of these guys, I mean, Richie Grant had 10 picks in college. Um, Holland had nine. I, I think... I I think one of those guys is definitely going to be there, and I think it's kind of similar to maybe it's a little less dire now since you signed Kazee and you've done you know, and even Curse, but like I think it's going to be a little like the the year where they took Tristan Hill over, you know maybe Juan Thornhill and Taylor Rapp was a guy that was talked about and Nasir Adderley and some of those safeties. I think that's where you start talking about those things, and we might have the same situation, but. I think we've talked about this a million times in this podcast. Like until they take a safety, how do you even, how do you even go? Like at this point, expecting it is not a good thing to do, right? And I liked what you did though, mocking Javon Holland because you know teams are going to be flipped on these safeties. I, I think some teams are going to have Grant first. Some teams are going to have Merrick first from TCU, and there's talk of him going in the first round. And you know, I don't know if any of them. I don't have a first round grade on any of these safeties. With Richie Grant, I like you. I, I think Richie Grant is a true free safety. But, you know, there are questions about how fast does he see routes develop in front of him and things like that. So, like, there's a lot there. I, 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 I really like Richie Grant there. But, dude, Holland had a great career at Oregon. A great career. So, there's, there's a good spot for him. There's nothing wrong with that, man, at all. Uh, Bob took linebacker Nick Bolton. Uh, no relation to singer Michael Bolton, um, and sure? actor and actor David Does Herman. The beast, the beast, probably details that or gets down to the bottom of it. If either way, because I mean that's a heck of a bloodline too. If we want to talk about the bloodlines, uh, that's one I will to say avoid. Well, Phenomenal the, singer. And, oh, I I enjoy his entire catalog. No, I celebrate should, his entire catalog. <laughs> what should I change my name? He's the one who sucks. <laughs> uh, Bob wrote that uh, Levi Onwuzurike, uh, the defense tackle from Washington, Edge Joe Tryon from Washington, and uh, Longhorns tackle Samuel Cosme were the three picks taken in front of him. 
Um, and Nick Bolton, yeah, I think Nick Bolton's a, a linebacker who does go there, you know, second round. Uh, you know, some people kind of have him. Uh, I know our buddy Jeff Cavanaugh loves him, probably would take him in the first round, but ain't kind of a second round thing. So we, one thing we do know about the Cowboys is they will draft a linebacker. We don't know when, but it will happen. I, I thought it was interesting. I think Bob mentioned in this piece, if it wasn't in this one, it was another one that he wrote for The Athletic, but it's just kind of the other part of that is um, if you take somebody like Nick Bolton that high, you are admitting that either Jalen or Layton aren't part of the future because the days of having like three linebackers are gone in the NFL. Oh, yeah. So That's what I'm saying. You might as well draft Micah Parsons at that point. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, go all in. Well, just, sure. Just, yeah. Or or you fall to, you're in the second round, you're there at 44, and you're just like, wow, we thought this Bolton came yeah, long, long gone. Now, hey, we got to, you know, we didn't think he was going to be there. We got to make this move, you know. Well, and they like, when I'm going back to months ago, but they like Zayvon Collins, the linebacker from Tulsa, and have. Uh, the thing is, when they had the decision to make on cutting uh, Jalen Smith before his guaranteed money kicked in, by then they had time to see every college snap Micah Parsons has ever played. Now, how I much heard, do you find um, out about him? You know, Dane, Dane, and uh, Lance talking earlier about Zayvon Collins being overweight. Yeah, you know, he checked in at two hundred and seventy pounds. It's terrible. I don't know what he's. I have no like, idea what's going through. They were like, "Did somebody tell him to like that he needs to be an edge rusher for this draft?" Or you know, like I have no clue. I, I what's did like. On? I hope not. I did like. He's a, a good linebacker. I did like that. Devontae Smith checked in with my same. Oh my god! Height, height and weight. It made me yeah, think John, I could still John play John in the NFL. Checking in. I swear, I was like, "Whoa, that's me! I can play." You guys want me? First round, sixty-six. That's that was nuts. I'm gonna imagine John going over the middle every time I see Devontae Smith. <laughs> yeah, how and would, I would and I would die. How would Father John have taken that hit from oh. overweight linebacker Zayvon Collins? I don't, I don't know. Did Zayvon Collins get bad advice and someone told him to be an edge rusher? I don't. I hope not because that that's that's not what he is. Um, he's just I know lazy off season, not no combine. Know, that that drops him. That drops him. And this team, as of a few months ago, I've heard anything on him recently. Uh, but this team, as of a few months ago, loved him. Now, I'm not taking him at 10 and love him. But my right. point was, before you had any Jalen, you know, before you had any decision to make on Jalen, you had time to watch every snap of Bolton, Parsons, um, Collins. I'm leaving out another linebacker somewhere. Who's the other guy everyone likes? Uh, let me pull up my board here so, I, so I'm not forgetting a linebacker. Oh, yeah, Koromoa, of course. Koromoa from Notre Dame, um, who may not be a fit for some teams. That I, we'll see what Dan Quinn thinks. And also... Uh, Jamin Davis from Kentucky, who I think will go in the first round. Um, so I just think it's all, you know, that the Zayvon Collins thing is very interesting card because he will drop because of that. I, I can't see why that would even happen. Um, but, you know, he moves fine for a big guy. John, round three for you. Well, defensive end help for the Cowboys. Yeah, yeah. I went with Peyton Turner there. I was I thought it was good value for him still being there. Um, but in being completely honest, Richie Grant was also still there and I just didn't want my dr- mock draft to be completely ridiculous after getting, uh, <laughs> Christian Barmore and with getting Christian Barmore at 44. So I, I didn't get, go with Grant, but you know, we were just talking about the safeties and, and, and Saad mentioned the, uh, having, uh, Demonte KZ and then, you, you know, you sign, uh, J Ron curse and it's like, 
those are fine, but there also is some intrigue with me, uh, whether it be Richie Grant or Javon Holland in the idea of pairing him or one of them with Donovan Wilson, and then they kind of grow together. And maybe you have this tandem that sticks together, much like I would really be intrigued by the Trayvon Diggs, Patrick Sertan, you know, tandem that maybe, you know, you get some cohesiveness because these guys are around each other for several seasons and you can kind of start building the back end of this defense. And I'm not saying they're going to be a legion of boom, but to kind of be like that so that every year you're not going into free agency where you're like, well, go get out the board. Let's see uh, <laughs> who's out there that uh, might be interested in one year, $1 million. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like you actually yeah. get somebody that they start building together. And so as Saad pointed out, if that's Javon Holland, then go get him. If you think that he's the guy that you can pair with Donovan Wilson and start building this thing up that maybe these guys stay in the secondary for six, seven, eight years together. And I just think the cohesiveness of that really bodes well for the future of the team just because of the importance at defensive back. But I know that's not really saying anything about Peyton Turner, my pick there. But if, if, I, if I got to pick the way my board was, it was going to be Richie Grant. Yeah, and I yeah, think no, it's about time. No, go ahead, Todd. I, I just think it's about time the Cowboys – I know we keep like saying, like, will the Cowboys actually do it or not do it, but it's, it's about time they start doing it just because, you know, we, we've talked about this ad, ad nauseum before, just how, like the lack of premium free agency or draft picks that they've had in the last decade, decade and a half, um, you know, since, Roy, since drafting Roy Williams and signing Ken Hamlin, they basically <laughs> have never done anything. I mean, J.J. Wilcox was a third-round pick. It, like, just think about how we talk about safeties around here. Like, we talked about Xavier Woods, like he was like the second coming, and the dude was a six-round pick. We, we do the same thing with Donovan Wilson, six-round pick. Like, I, I understand they flash and they show promise and stuff, but you got to get some real talent, some guys that have already shown it before, and and it's about time they do that. Whether it be you know second round, first pick of the third round, whatever the case may be, it like. I'm not saying start reaching for anyone, but yeah, if Javon Holland is there, if Richie Grant is there, you got to take those guys. No, absolutely. And and Saad, for you, round three, uh, you have Sertan, Holland, and then round three, you take a offensive lineman from Michigan, Jalen Mayfield. Yeah, I was uh, I was a little hurt because Tommy Togi I went out right before uh, right before my uh, pick, so. Um, that really hurt because I, I think he's going to be really he's going to be really good. But um, yeah, look, offensive tackle is is a is a low key need. I, I don't think that you're gonna that you're gonna need anyone to plug in on opening day. Tyron and Lyle should be fine. But Tyron Smith hasn't played 16 games in five years. Lyle Collins is is obviously coming off of a off season hip injury that kept him out the whole season. So. Um, He's also the 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 intriguing part about uh, about him is the fact that you know Jalen Jalen Mayfield is a guy who's really young. He's he's super young, so you can mold him however you want to mold him, and uh, and then you can either flip Lyell if you need to if Tyron's not able to go, or and, and Jalen Mayfield can play his natural right tackle position, or you mold him at left tackle, whatever the case may be. But he's a young guy that can be worked, so I think that's a that's a good future move. No, absolutely, and they're going to have to take an offensive lineman. I mean, I, I would be disappointed if this team did not take an offensive lineman in one of their first four picks. Uh, just, 
I just think it it behooves them to do that. Um, how they do it, figure it out. Just take good players. But you know, Jalen Mayfield, I thought you know you getting him in the third round is incredible value. Yeah, he's a guy. He could go, you know, top, you know, he could go to the back half of the first round. So, I mean, that's, and who knows? He could slide as well. Their teams are going to be concerned about his length and things like that. Will he have to play guard and that type of thing? Now, for Bob, Bob got antsy, guys. Bob made a trade. He moved up to 66. He moved up nine picks. He gave up a sixth in 192. So, what he did is he uh, worked with um, the Jets, and the Jets just gave him basically nine free spots for pick 192. And he drafted Richie Grant. Um, let's just, for the sake of this conversation, do you guys think Richie Grant is there at pick 66 or I mean, at pick 75 when the Cowboys pick? Do you guys think he's there? I, I don't, but if don't one of those safeties somehow was to fall, it, 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 I think that third round makes a lot of sense because the fact that that seems like a spot where they would definitely be interested in investing in safety, even if, even in previous regimes, I, I mean, like. Sod mentioned they did spend a third on J.J. Wilcox. They spent a fourth on Matt Johnson. That obviously didn't work out. But um, having two third-round picks, I feel like that's kind of where that safety could go. So while I don't think he'll be there, like I've said before, I, I didn't think that cluster of three safeties a couple years ago with Taylor Rapp and Thornhill and, and those guys were going to make it all the yeah. way down to the Cowboys uh, when they took Tristan Hill. So, you know... While the Cowboys have spent the least amount on safety, I also would say the NFL in general has kind of downgraded the position to a certain yeah. extent. So, is is there a level where that kind of cuts off? Though, like to me, Merrig, Holland, uh, Richie Grant, whatever, ever, whatever order you're going to put those guys in. You know, John, you just said one of those safeties. Does it stop? I mean, like. Jamar Johnson from Indiana might be a guy they would consider. I, I don't know if they would like. Andre Cisco is kind of a pure free safety out of Syracuse, but gave up a bunch of touchdowns. I don't know if they'd like him. I just wonder, like, does that does that line stop before they get to a point of, well, it's not even worth drafting a safety at this point? Sure, absolutely it could. And and just because you already said it, my my uh, second, third round pick is Andre Cisco at 99. Oh, I just thought I'm it was so a, sorry. No, no, it's fine. It. I just feel, figure we'd knock it out right here. Um, I just think that uh, I agree with you. I I there's going to be things about him that they don't like, but that's what you're going to get at 99. Uh, I picked him because he had 13 interceptions and uh, 29 passes defended in 24 games. And it, for me, it came down to him and Hamza, uh, Nazaruddin from Florida State. But Nazaruddin, to me, is probably more of a strong safety. I don't know how that fits with uh, Donovan Wilson already. And so, no, but you could you could absolutely be right, KT, that, that it could get to a point where it's like they have those three safeties rated as guys we'll take with one of those top 99 picks. And then after that, we'll do another Xavier Woods where we'll get a guy in the sixth that, you know, fell, even though we had kind of as a third round possibility, you know? Yeah. You know, Cisco could fall as well as he tore that ACL. So, yeah. um, you know, he should be ready to go for camp, but that's like an interesting, maybe value type name. You might want to keep in mind if you're uh, following the Cowboys. Now, Saad, we go to your, Fourth pick for the Cowboys. This is pick 99, uh, but still in the third round. Good player. Defensive tackle, Marlon Tuipulotu from USC. Yeah, I just think he I think he's he slides and, and doesn't get as much hype because he is a little undersized. And so, um, you know, you, you kind of wonder, like a lot of, if you just look at his production, you look at the tape, which is the big thing, right? Like, I, I mean, like you said, he's not only productive, but he got, he got better all the time. Like every... 
every, I don't even want to say every season, every game, it seemed like he was improving every few games. Um, just not a huge guy. Uh, he's underwhelming a little bit on the size. So um, I think that is, is a reason why he even falls to this place. But I think this is right around where, where you know, they're, they're going to need someone. If they haven't taken an interior defense alignment at this point, they're going to want to address that. And, uh, and he's, he's a good option to do so. Bob did the same thing, 99, not the same player, but he went defensive tackle. He went with your guy, Saad, Tommy Togiai from Ohio State. Um, good, good run player, like a really good run player. So I think that's that's good. Defensive line, something too. We've talked so much about cornerback, and I know we've had so many conversations about offensive tackle, but defensive line, inside and out, could use reinforcements. Yeah, I think so. And also, I think it's it's going to be – I'll be interested to see just how Dan Quinn chooses – like how often the rotation is and what kind of rotation um, he puts through the defensive lineman. Like we saw with Rod Marinelli, it was constant. Like like it, it, they'd be filtering guys in and out all the time. I, I don't know if that's, a, if that's more a personnel thing, a player thing, like if the player needs to be checking in and out or if it's, you know, something where Dan Quinn – picks his like you know five horses and he's just riding them so um i'm also intrigued to see how how his voice factors into this looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone luckily with 24 7 us-based live customer service from discover everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime day or night yep you heard that right you can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Round four, John Mashoda taking a little blue star special here. Dylan Moses, linebacker from Alabama. Yeah, man, I'll tell you what. This just not having the normal combine this year. 
not seeing Mike McCarthy go to a ton of pro days. The fact he was at Alabama's pro day, man, I just, I find it hard to believe he was there just for Patrick Sertan. I just, and, and it wasn't just him, you know, I mean, Dan Quinn was there too. Sure. Um, maybe, maybe for my second round pick, Christian Barmore, I don't know. But, uh, um, there's, there's some guys in that defense that could be intriguing. Dylan Moses, he's a guy that I like because I probably like him more for his production before he got hurt, you know, and then he missed all 2019. Led, I mean, he led the, the national champion Crimson Tide in, in tackles this past year, but uh, I thought it was an okay value here. It came down to really him and uh, Deontay Smith, um, who he's an offensive tackle that Dane has mocked to the Cowboys in his seven-round mock, uh, so obviously thinks that he's got some upside there to potentially, you know, uh, kind of like what Saad said, looking for an offensive tackle that could potentially maybe – you know, fill a role because you don't feel like you're going to get Tyron Smith for 17 games. But my problem with offensive tackle is I'm just like totally, I don't know. I just, after doing that research and just seeing how many of the top tackles in the, in, in this league have been drafted, like within the first 40 picks, I know I shouldn't do this, but I'm almost like, we're not going to, let's not even look at these offensive tackles outside of like, it's the, almost, it's just crazy. Like quarterback. I mean, I mean yeah, insane. I mean, I mean, I mean, I have, like I said, of course you can go get your boy David Bakhtiari in the fourth round, but how many times does that happen, you know? And and I shouldn't do this either, but, you know, Chaz Green's in the back of my mind too in the third round. You know what I'm saying? Like, I've seen this done before, and, and I just, I don't know. And I know how offensive tackles are valued in this league to the point where in that first round, if someone was like, hey, other than quarterback, what's a position you could see like having an early run on that like people aren't expecting right now? I'd be like... Yeah, like I, I could see like, and I'm not saying it's going to happen, but like a, an Elijah Vera Tucker going in the top 10 or something or, you know, on top of Slater and Swole. Like offensive linemen are like such a premium that they're studied so much that I just find it hard to believe that really good ones are still falling to the third and fourth round. You know, I think that those are guys that like, yeah, I guess if everything goes right, this guy could possibly be something, but we're kind of looking at him as probably be a swing tackle, you know? So I didn't yeah. go Deontay Smith there. I, I mean, I'm going to get an offensive tackle in a little bit, but I just, uh, I ended up going in another direction and heck Dylan Moses got plenty of injury concern, but, uh, I think they get a linebacker at some point. Yeah, no, and he looked, he looked a little bit slower, and look, he had right. torn his knee up the year before that. And Dylan Moses is in this group, and I'm, I'm going to skip you one, for one second side and mention what Bob did at 115, the same pick. He went with Marvin Wilson. And Dylan Moses, Marvin Wilson, I'm also going to throw Sean Wade into this too. Big-time prospects who you knew before this draft because of what they had done in college, thought of very highly, and guys just who didn't have great years in 2020. So are these all day three value guys? Yes, they probably are. And that's Bob Pick and Marvin Wilson right there, defensive tackle too. I know, John, you saw him play a lot at Florida State. Yeah. But, you know, you've seen Marvin Wilson be disruptive earlier in his career. You compare it to last year's tape and you go, okay, that's not as good. Of those three guys, though, Marvin Wilson, I thought, you know, Dylan Moses would make some plays. But I thought Marvin Wilson had a better year than he got credit for last year. I yeah, really I'm, I'm fine with Marvin Wilson there. Uh, I would have considered it as well if I didn't get Christian Barmore in, in the, with that 44 pick. But after I got that, I was like, I'm yeah. good at defensive tackle now. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, yeah, he did, his production didn't meet the lofty expectations when he signed. He was number one defensive tackle in the country out of high school. But, you know, I mean, he was recruited by Jimbo Fisher, and then Jimbo Fisher leaves, and then he plays for Willie Taggart, and that was a disaster. And then now all of a sudden then he gets in a new scheme with Mike Norvell. And so... 
it's, I don't know. He was not in a great situation, but the tools are obviously there. I probably overvalue guys a little bit because of how much I follow like rivals and two, four, seven and what guys are in high school. Um, you know, one of the guys that comes to my mind when I think of Marvin Wilson a lot is a guy that was with the Cowboys for a, a very brief stint. And you guys might not even remember him, but Marvin Austin, he was like one of the top defensive tackles. He went to North Carolina got drafted, I think, in the first round, might have been by the Giants, and then it just didn't work out, and then the Cowboys ended up signing him when they were back in, like, you know, the Jeremy Mincy days where they were just rotating through, you know, yeah. veteran defensive linemen. It didn't work out, but I remember when they signed him, I was like, oh, man, this guy, man, they loved him on Rivals. Like, they got a guy here, you know, and it didn't work out. But, yeah, big difference between high school and, and the pros, that's for sure. Pick 115, Sod's fifth pick, defensive end from Vanderbilt, Deo Odeingbo. Yeah, um, I, I think he's he's a guy that has all the measurables, and so I think it's kind of the opposite from from the pick before with the uh, Tui Pelotu, where this is this is a kid who you know I, the the ceiling is higher than his floor. So I, I think once you get him in, he fits in with the scheme four three. He can play inside out versatility across the defensive line five technique one technique. You know, obviously there's certain places where. You you you're putting him in a position to succeed or fail, but I, he's he's capable of doing that, and and like I said, he just has a higher ceiling. And also, I think that I, I think the the need for edge is is kind of flying under the radar a little bit. Um, I, I know we all talk about it. I know we all say that they need it, but um, but at the same time, like this isn't just about getting more bodies for edge rusher. This is also about then you know helping demarcus lawrence on the other side if you just don't have any talent on the other side demarcus lawrence is over there getting double triple teamed everything you've got to find a way to get talent and we don't know what randy gregory is going to give for six 17 games sorry 17 games it's going to take a while but um, <laughs> yeah it's tough <laughs> but uh but at the same time like yeah you just got to get guys in there and then see what happens yeah and Ode Ingbo, a guy who we're talking about at 115 here you know you're talking about him in the third round if he didn't tear his Achilles uh, back in January. Um, but that's a good player. And then I think it's important to remember, I'm not going by number of picks, and I'm sorry if I've referenced this uh, before in the last few episodes. You know, the Cowboys lead the league in percentage. Like, they're the number one team percentage-wise over the last 10 years of drafting cornerback and defensive end. There's one thing they do. They draft a lot of corners, and they draft a lot of defensive ends. So I think that's a pretty good mock spot. Now we go back to you, John. Pick 138. Uh, Pittsburgh defensive end Rashad Weaver. Yeah, that's just because uh, after a certain point, I was just going off of Dane's, you know, big board. I know he studied all these guys, and so if I found somebody like in this situation that's still a top 100 guy that Dane had rated, I'm like, I'll kick the tires on this all day long. It just seems like a good value, and I feel like to a certain extent, that's what teams do. You know, they they look at their big board, yeah. and at this point in the draft, you you know. I, the, the Cowboys have been known to say, oh, this guy was a blinking light. You know, somebody on the board where they were just like, wow, I can't believe this guy's still there at this point. You know, um, you know, who's a guy speaking of edge rusher that kind of fills into this conversation from last year is, you know, I don't know where you guys watch the draft at, but man, that was Bradley and I like it was just like on whether you watch on ESPN, NFL Network, whatever. It was like his name was constantly on the top. I felt like it was like two rounds of like best players available. It was like Bradley and I, Bradley and I, Bradley and I. And then he falls there to them in the fifth. And it's just like, well, 
this is just good value. I mean, we thought this guy would be gone by now, you know, and, and Hey, the, the jury's still out, you know, who knows what, what, what they think of Bradley and I, you know, and maybe he was a better fit for what Mike Nolan wanted to do than what Dan Quinn's going to do. But they drafted that way last year. And it, you know, after one year, seems like it was a pretty good draft. I, I could see them doing the same thing again this year. So Rashad Weaver seemed to make sense in that sense. Yeah, Bradley and I, as productive as he was in college, he's an example of how seriously the NFL is taking athletic testing and things like that because he did not fare well in that part of it. But he's got this career and people are kind of knowing. That's why you saw him on TV at 10, too. They're always talking about him because, you know, at Utah, Utah had a really good year that year as well. But they had stacked up. I mean, he had stacked up a ton of production. Um, going to um, Assad, cornerback from Michigan here, Ambry Thomas. Right here, one thirty-eight, uh, I think. Yeah, yeah. one thirty-eight. I, I really like him. I like. I, I think you know, it, it's he went through a lot in in college. The more you look back at like the injuries and the uh, what, whatever the sickness was that had him like lose like 30, 35 pounds, whatever. Um, so yeah, he has he has a lot. But I mean, his his uh, senior bowl was really good, and also he's just he's just a good athletic guy, someone who. At this point in the draft, like it'll be nice if he works out at corner, but also somebody who can be a really good special teams player. Um, I don't know that the Cowboys have had one of those in a while. So, and I think you know, just pure athlete. You look at like Matthew Slater in New England, and you know those kind of players. It's just guys that are that are dubbed at a position, but are really just special teams players. Um, I know C.J. Goodwin acts as that guy for the Cowboys right now, but um, I, I don't think he's a uh, he's anything special or anything. So I don't know. I, I feel like this is a guy who fills a position of need at corner, but also can be a good special teams boost. Uh, for Bob, uh, pick 138. Again, this is still the fourth round. He took Walker Little, offensive tackle from Stanford. You know, Walker Little just hasn't played football in a long time. Um, and that's the difference in him being taken here and being taken early in the first round. Uh, hurt in 2019, set out 2020. Um, towards ACL in 2019, so it's been a long time. I, I love Walker Little. I have Walker Little as a you know day two guy. Uh, so Bob got really great value with there in the fourth round. We'll just see how teams think about his medicals and all that type of stuff. Because again, he just hasn't played football in forever. Now moving on to you, John. Your next one. Uh, we we'll take Jalen Moore, the offensive tackle from Western Michigan. Yeah, just go, again going off of Dane's, uh, not only his draft book, but like. Now, just sorry, I got sidetracked because I was looking this up. I wanted to make sure that I got the right number on this. Okay, so Dane put out what is this? His top three hundred, I think. And yeah, he dropped that today. Yeah, he's got Walker a little at fifty nine, and so that speaks a little bit to where this is on these mock drafts, where it's like sure. for him to fall. I mean, and Bob makes that abundantly clear in how he, you know, wrote up his after the pick. He's like, hey, I mean, this mm-hmm. guy shouldn't even be here. So it's like, of course, you're going to take this because of the value, you know. And, and that's, and that's what I, at this point in my mock, that's what I'm kind of doing is I'm just looking at hey this position is something that the team needs. This position is something that the team needs. Let's see where, you know, in, in Dane's big board, let's see where he kind of compares some of these guys at these different positions. And Jalen Moore is a guy that he had as a third, fourth round type pick six, four, 311 pounds. But again, like at this point, you're talking about like a swing tackle type guy. He's not taking Tyron Smith's job. And yeah. and, and honestly, if, if Tyron got hurt again this year, I don't even think you'd be looking for that guy to even play that much this year. They probably would go with, you know, Terrence Steele or one, you know, somebody that, that Brandon Knight that played last year if, before they would go in this direction. 
I will say at 44, uh, Liam Eikenberg was still there. And I don't know how they feel about him, but that's a that's a potential area right there. I, I would say the door isn't closed at, at 44 if they see an offensive tackle they think could potentially have starting potential down the line with yeah. you know maybe filling in for Lyle, maybe filling in for Tyron Spot, whatever, depending on if those guys can't stay healthy. But at this point, round five, I'm not expecting to – you know, get this diamond in the rough that is going to be their franchise left tackle in five years. Now, like you brought up, Eichenberg's a good name there. Uh, I wonder what they'll think about Samuel Cosme from from oh, Texas. Oh, yeah, there you go. Yep. Um, even Alex Leatherwood, who, you know, some teams may see him as a guard, but yeah, I just wonder what they would think about him. If those guys are there, um, you know, we go to Sod here. Ellerson Smith, defensive end, Northern Iowa for you. Yeah, now the, he, he didn't have a 2020 season, so it's been a while. It's been a minute since he played. Uh, football that way but I will say it's a name that was on my radar before I even got into like draft study and things like that because I watched the senior bowl and there there was just play after play where you just kept hearing Ellerson Smith and so like if you didn't already know him if you watched the senior bowl you had some familiarity with him and then I went back and just watched some of his some of his uh, tape from 2018 2019 and uh, and for me, it, I don't know if I put too much stock into this, but it's how much you improve from year to year matters because that trajectory, like you're going somewhere, you you don't want those these guys to be hit their ceiling um, at 21, 22 years old in college. So um, he got he doubled his production 2018 to 2019 uh, in sacks, seven and a half sacks to 14 sacks. Uh, but you know he got a lot better and looked really good in the Senior Bowl as well. So um, in the fifth round, uh, you know, it, it's an easy pick. Uh, for Bob, he took Jalen Darden, the wide receiver from UNT, and I will Go fist bang, pump bang. that. I'm sure Saad will fist pump that. All the UNT guys around here are going to really love that. Fifth round, you know, sometimes I get hit up on Twitter of uh, some UNT people like, oh, where's he going? Where's he going? You're talking round three, and I st- there's too many wide receivers. There are just so many wide receivers in this draft. I do have Darden as a top 20 wide receiver in this draft class, though. And it's probably been a while since I've had a UNT player graded top 20 at any position uh, in an NFL draft. Fifth round, that probably a good spot for Jalen Darden. Slot guy, he can play outside a little bit, but he's probably going to be relegated to pure slot guy and wins after the catch. He can win down the field. He is a lot of fun. Slot option, and if someone gets hurt, I think, you know, I think he could give Cedric Wilson a you know, a little, little run for his money. Again, he's not a little different player, a little smaller than Cedric, things like that. But Jalen Darden's a gamer. Just saw too much of it at UNT. Um, now we go over to John. Oh, small grown wide receiver. Let's talk about Stanford wide receiver, Simi Fahoku. I'm glad that you had to say Fahoku because I didn't know. for I wasn't 100% certain on that. But uh, I went in the opposite direction of, of you guys there. Uh and that's not to say I'm right or wrong. It just I, I'm looking for somebody that could potentially be a Michael Gallup replacement. And while you can find that possibly next year if he signs elsewhere, I'm trying to get some insurance because unless Michael Gallup signs some team-friendly deal, which if he's going to be willing to do that, he probably would do it sometime maybe this summer. He's not going to wait till next year in free agency. So if he's gone next year because he gets offered a lot more money from another team, which is very, very possible and probably likely, then you want to have some insurance for that. And Fahoku at 6'4", 222, I mean, that's just a big body receiver to put out on the outside. And not that, 
I mean, obviously Dak had a ton of success throwing to Cole Beasley in that, but I just want to get Dak another big, you know, red zone type target. Obviously, this is all answered if they get Kyle Pitts at 10. But no, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I just, I thought he was, again, a good value there. I, and I love the size. I just want another big wide receiver that kind of, if you get another big wide receiver that keeps CeeDee Lamb in the slot, keeps Mari Cooper kind of on the outside, but can still move inside. I just like the flexibility of what they have right now at wide receiver. I'm trying to keep that going. Yeah, and in these later in these later picks, it kind of goes back to when when uh, we were talking about like my defensive end pick. Um, it's the same thing. Like I think when you get later in the draft, you look at the measurables and see how you can kind of like work these guys and develop them yourself. Whereas I think you're more going on the talent in the first two rounds, three rounds. So I, I think that's a great pick because of the because of the reasons that you said. Like you know, it's a big body receiver now what you do from that big body receiver and, and what that person becomes. I mean, what was Marcus Colston, like a seventh round pick or something like that? Uh, he, he was a late round pick for the Saints back in the day. So um, you can do a lot with that, you know, in, in the later rounds. No, absolutely. And you know, while we're at it, since these are the, the later round picks, John, I'll read off of your last three. You said Semi Fahoko, uh, DJ Daniel, the cornerback from Georgia, and then uh, Isaiah McDuffie, linebacker, Boston College. And I just want to say I like all three of these players. I think these are good late round picks for you, man. Yeah, I really like McDuffie, and and this is one of those where Dane's been much higher on him than the NFL Draft Network. Let's put it that way. So he was always yeah. in my back pocket because I just saw where they had him graded. I was like, I can always get this guy late because um, Dane has him as a fourth, fifth round type guy. And while he's not going to be your answer to Jalen Smith or Leighton Vanderesh, I think that he comes in and he could really help you on special teams right away. And I mean, the special teams, you know, they improved significantly, you know, 2019 to 2020. So uh, why not get a little help over there from a guy that um, I'm trying to find here. What did uh, Dane write about him? Flies around the field with a touch of insanity to him. And I like that. In my special. <laughs> right, I like that <laughs> That's too, what I want yeah. on my special teams. So, yeah. Insanity. Um, and then for Saad, your final three picks, Wyatt Hubert, the uh, edge from Kansas State. You got Tariq Thompson, the safety from San Diego State. Sod, that's one of my that's one of my babies right there. I love that yeah. player. <laughs> yeah. And then Sam Ellinger, quarterback from Texas. Okay, yeah, hold what? on, real quick. <laughs> the, the people in the comments loved that pick. Like there were people in the comments that were like, "And I don't know, I was on the fence about these drafts, but then I saw Sod gave him Sam Ellinger. I think he had the best draft." <laughs> I'm I, yeah. hey, who would you rather have next year, Ben DiNucci or Sam Ellinger? Ellinger. There you go. Yeah, Ellinger, but I think the question <laughs> is more I, I think the question is more Garrett Gilbert or Sam Ellinger if you're if yeah, you're going you in go. that direction, right? But but I think what's interesting about Ellinger is and I wrote this in the piece, the NFL is a very copycat league. You see what happens with Taysom Hill, you see what happens with, with some other guys like that, and you know that okay, now you have a quarterback who you don't want running. You don't want Dak to, like, what was it, against the Saints, like, three years ago, where he's, like, running up the middle, going helicopter for a, on third and ten? Like, you don't want to see him doing that stuff anymore. So maybe you have packages where, you know, Sam Ellinger can do some of that in the goal line, and he can still be a passer as well. He can still throw it um, to, to all those receivers, to Blake Jarwin, whatever, but he can actually run it as well. So, you know, I, I, it's that's not a throwaway pick. I really do think that could be something very interesting. I'm just waiting for the Cowboys to win like a playoff game, and he had like 
you know, like a key run or something like that. And then he's out talking after the Cowboys game. He's like, Cowboys fans were back. <laughs> and everyone's like, why are you talking? Give me that microphone. No. Um, kind of a smart Cuban real, moment. Oh, real, too bad. Real quick, though, uh, speaking of that. Um, so I don't know if you noticed this, Saad, because we've obviously done multiple mock drafts on the NFL Draft Network. Um, and I know KT will have some thoughts on this. Um, so about 115 would have been the cutoff to get Kellen Mond. You're probably not going to get him after 115 in this particular um, mock draft simulator. Any interest in Kellen Mond in the fourth round? Okay. Yeah, I'll take him in the fourth. Uh, we, we had this discussion on um, on Hogan Johns because those guys are trying to talk themselves into pulling the trigger on Kellen Mond at at pick twenty or something like that. And I'm like, dude, don't don't get your don't convince yourself. Will not surprise that, me that at all if he goes in. It yeah, wouldn't surprise, surprise me either. Me at all if he but goes it in, the top, in the it, first three rounds. But, will not surprise right, me. Right. It all. would. It would. It, but they. Trust me, they people should not be convincing themselves that he's any better than a third or a fourth round at at best prospect. I'll be surprised if he's there in the fifth round. I'm serious. Who who do you like more, uh, KT, him or uh, Trask? Uh, Trask, but barely. I'm, and I, I think they're I, both. I, I, and I, I brought like him up because I think they're both gone in in the first four rounds. I think they're all really bad. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I know it sounds mean. But yeah, you know, it's I the say position tr- is why I'm Trask, saying that. Trask throws a better ball, but you know, Trask can't move. So, you know, I guess you'd be... Well, Kellen Mond can move, but he can't throw, so... Exactly. I mean, he picked your poison at that point. I mean, if you're looking for a... I don't know. A guy with traits, like raw ability, they'd probably go Kellen Mond, uh, you know, based yeah. on arm strength and and some, you know, some ability to scramble and things like that. Um, so he does have that, but I'm not going to go... Yeah, fourth round, John, to answer your question. Yeah, I, I, I'd roll the dice in the fourth round. Do you think, uh, KT, and, I, and this is kind of going back too far, maybe you don't remember this guy or not, but like, and I'm not some QB guru, so if anybody wants to rip me for this, this is fine, but like, I don't know that either of them are worse than Connor Cook. And he nah, went in the top of the fourth round. Same level, you know? Kind of just he, bad all around. What about, what's I mean, his name? Uh, what, what about, uh, um, oh my God, it's freaking his name. Same draft, 2016 from USC. Paxton? Cody, Ke- Cody Kessler. Cody Kessler's one Cody of the worst Kessler. quarterbacks I've ever seen. Right, and what he, what <laughs> he did he He was one hopping it at the Senior Bowl. He was one hopping out routes to the Gatorade cooler. I couldn't yeah. believe it. Well, Dane was outraged. Um, no, no, I shouldn't, I shouldn't call it down. Dane, I shouldn't call it Dane like that. Sorry. Can't, we might have to edit that. I'm sorry, man. I should, but when that pick happened, Dane, who grew up, grew up following the Browns, was going kind of shaking his head like, "What in the world? He How is Cody way, Kessler going top of Way overdrafted, yeah. yeah, way overdrafted. Um, but you know th- that's what happens, and you know I'm, I'm almost gotten to the point. Okay, we should look at McCarthy's draft history, right, with quarterbacks. Brett Hundley. All right, one more, one more, one more, one more. Deshaun Kaiser. I'm, I'm done after this. Again, this goes back to the Kellen Mond thing. Again, I, I'm not saying he's a great quarterback. I don't. I don't even. I'm not even speaking to that. I'm just saying that don't be surprised when these guys go high because of their position. Yeah. Did you did you have Jalen Hurts going in the second round? Hell no. Hell so, no. I mean, no. who knows? Day three. Day three. Yeah. Grade them is what they are. You know, like, right. I, just because we can't be start moving defensive tackles up because there's not that many defensive tackles. You know, grade them is what they are. The Stanford quarterback, who a lot of people think is the sixth best quarterback in this year's draft, 
Mm-hmm. Grade him for what he is. So what's my grade on Mac Jones? I mean, I have a three on Mac Jones. Okay, like a third round grade on Mac Jones. Third, third overall pick. <laughs> yeah, oh, I was no, gonna say Mac. No, no. Kyle Shanahan's got got a three on him too. I hope not. Uh, <laughs> All right, tell to- us. I cut you well, off. Tell us about your boy Brett Hundley, a fifth round pick in 2015, who is a free agent right now. They can sign him if they'd like. Yeah, he's horrible. <laughs> um, and then, uh, but but they took they took Deshaun Kaiser. Um, but they also took Matt Flynn as well. So I'm just looking at McCarthy's draft history when it comes to quarterbacks. And then Danucci's added to that mix as well. And if I'm forgetting someone else, I don't really Yeah, you're know. forgetting who they took over Matt Flynn. They got lucky that Matt Flynn was there. They took somebody like very early in that draft at quarterback. And then Matt Flynn later. Oh. I'm almost positive of this. And it's somebody that did not play well in the NFL. Yeah, but that's not on. Wait, 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 wait. At quarterback? I'm almost positive. Am I making this up? After Aaron Rodgers? After they already had Rodgers? I was going to say, well, McCarthy was on the San Francisco staff. So McCarthy took Alex Smith over Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> I mean, this is the Packers. You might know him better than I, but, you know, From, they've been a hated, hated rival for me growing up. It was either Stanford or Louisville. It was red team. Was it uh, Dave uh, Ragone? Jeff Brom? Or Brian Brom. That's it. Brian Brom. Second yeah. round pick, 56. Brian Brom. That's who yeah. it is. Well, that was rough. Yeah, I said rough. Dave Ragone. Dave uh, yeah, Bri- Bri- Brian Brom. And so it's like, so yeah, you got Matt Flynn, but you also took Brian Brom in the second round. White, Hubert, and Dax Milne were, were uh, Bob's final two picks there. We should do this. Now, we're going to each select what we think. It's almost like a pick projection type thing where we pick our first four picks. And if any of us, you know, as you start nailing these picks, we'll just have a point system, Kent. If you get one right, you get a point, right? Sure. Um, and whoever's in last place has to pay off a bet of some sort. There you go. So kind of mock 10, 44, 75, and 99. Um, since you guys just did a huge mock, I will start it out this time, and I'll just take Patrick Sertan. That's who I think the pick will be at 10. Sod? I'm going to go with Patrick Sertan. I, th- I think he'll be there, and I think he's the pick. Ooh. Um, John? I'm going to go the same. Oh, Kit can be the wild card here. Ooh. So here's what I think, uh, you know. Wasn't Kent I, like super sneaky good with all the all the picks during the season as well? People might want to be I, listening to this. I don't think so. I don't. I, oh, yeah, for the, for the no, picks, he was, yeah. for picking games, yeah. I was good uh, during yeah, the season. That, that's yeah, that's what I'm right. talking about. <laughs> uh, so... Here's what I think. Uh, I, I think the pick certain as well here, but what I think could throw a wrench in that is a couple of things. One, Penny Sewell's there. Um, another, Kyle Pitts is there. And another is one of these quarterbacks that we don't expect, uh, Justin Fields or a, a Trey Lance, one of those guys falls and their phone's ringing off the hook and they get out of there and, and pick a JC Horn at pick 15, something like that. Um, but if that's not the case, I think they stand in there and, they, and Sertan is on the board. Uh, that's the pick. So there you go. Uh, we're so four who, for four on Patrick Sertan. All right. So we've canceled that out for the part of the bet. Now it becomes <laughs> a really good game of random uh, random picks. And since I went first that time, Kent, uh, we'll go ahead snake order here. Kent, you make the pick at 44. Who do you think it's going to be? Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. I think this draft's all about defense, at least uh, when it comes to premium picks. So... I, I'm with I'm with John here, uh, Christian Barmore, defensive tackle. Barmore, 
DT Alabama. Uh, uh, go to John. Yeah, same uh, same with me. I don't think he'll be at 44, though. I think they might have to trade up for him. But if I'm going on who their second-round pick is, I'm going with Christian Barmore, and my dark horse would be Liam Eikenberg. We got a dark horse? Ooh. Oh. You want to get a okay. you get an I'll asterisk allow- a pick for the second round I'll- because it's the Cowboys' wild card uh, selection most years. Yes, <laughs> yes, you get a wild card pick. Right. So wild who's card your, pick. Who's your dark horse for me is Caleb Farley. Oh, Ooh. that's good. One. That's good. Ooh. Okay, Sod. I'm gonna go. I want to go Javon Holland real bad. Um, go with somebody that's been hurt. It's the second round. <laughs> Man, we took Sertain. I'm gonna go with Carlos Basham. I'm going to say that's going to be the pick. I want it to be Holland, but I'm going to go Basham. And who's your dark horse wild card? Uh, I'm going to go. I'm going to. Can I copy Caleb Farley? Because because that's a really good one. How many corners is this team drafting? This is a hey. No, this and is Caleb how you play the Farley's points. There? Yeah, this is how you play the points. If they don't get Sertan, and that's that's everybody gets a zero, but they do get Farley. Sod and I get to get a point each. So there you yeah. go. It's called strategy, John. It's it's excellent strategy and I admire it. I'm just, I like trying, to help, I'm just trying to help the listeners with something realistic, <laughs> but okay. Hey, you know what? If they pick take Caleb Farley, unreal, uh, and they already did have Patrick Sertan. Let's say that did happen. They're taking Farley with the assumption that he's probably not going to be heavily involved right away. So, um, yeah, that's Man, kind of their, and, and, their strategy with, the and that round certainly picks. fits what they do in the yes, second round. Exactly. So this makes a lot of sense. <laughs> Well, I will go again, as I said before, this team drafts cornerbacks and edges. It's what they do. And you can beg them to take a safety all you want. They take cornerbacks and edges. I will take Peyton Turner, the defensive end from Houston, and my dark horse wild card will be Boogie Basham. I love Boogie Basham, and I think it would be great to pair him up with his cousin, Terrell. They like Terrell coming out of college. I, I, you may have to go up from 44. You may have to get to the 30s to get him. I think Boogie Basham would be incredible. Um, now I have to go now for round three. No wild cards now. Round three, pick 75, <laughs> defensive tackle, Ohio State. Tommy Togiai will be my pick. Ditto. That and by the way, that's my. I, I've said it before on the podcast. That's my pet cat in this one. So meow meow. I think he's going to be great. <laughs> All right, John. <laughs> oh, man. I don't want to just keep going with the same one you guys are, so I'll pick somebody else. Yeah, uh, you can't do that, man. Come on. That'd right. be terrible. Don't do that. Give me Javon Holland. We're gonna, oh, we're, he goes to safety. All we're right. Gonna pre- we're going to pretend like one of these safeties falls, wow. even though it's not going to happen. Wow. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, you know, TL's conversation earlier, I, I do think they go more of the Xavier Woods route. They try to snag somebody here late. Uh, that's got that's got some flashes more than more than spend a, a premium pick. So this might be uh, too late considering what you guys have said. But I went off Dane's rankings. He had a third on him. Uh, Carlos Basham with for my next. All right. Pick. So we got the Basham brothers or whatever. I just want that to be a thing. So there we go. And then pick ninety nine, Kent. You can lead us off. Yeah, yeah. So uh, my ninety ninth is. I mean, you see this guy's name. This is a Hall of Famer. I mean, for sure. There's no way this guy's not a Hall of Famer. Offensive tackle, Stone Forsyth from Florida. Dude. I I love Stone Forsyth. 
I've not talked about him much because I watched him late. Um, he's a guy I just got to like a couple of weeks ago. He's awesome, and he is huge. He's six Stone seven, three thirty. There's no way he's not a Pro Bowler with a, a name like Stone Forta. And you know the the Cowboys do like Florida offensive tackles, Chaz Green, and they got his relationship with Dan Mullen. I'm sure, they make some calls there. And uh, the offensive uh, line coach is um, is Hevesy, who is Dak's. Uh, very close to Dak as well. But, um, yeah, that, that makes a ton of sense to me. And um, they need not somebody to replace Tyron Smith right away or rely on Collins right away, but somebody that can step in and be better than what they had last year. And that, that seems uh, about right for me. No, I, I love that pick, dude. I, I think that's, that's a lot of fun, too, well, more than anything. So now we go to John, pick 99. Who do we got? Yeah, same position, but I'm gonna go with Deontay Smith, uh, offensive tackle from East Carolina. I just, I don't, I don't love them taking offensive tackle here because I don't know that it's gonna amount to a ton, but I could see them doing that um, with one of these first 99 picks. And uh, why not go with him on Dane's list? He's 89th, and Stone Forsyth is 90th. So there you All go. All right, Sod, uh, who is your uh, last pick? I think I went. I think I did my order wrong here. Yeah, take no, a quarterback. No, right. Take a quarterback. <laughs> no, when 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 I was putting this together, I was like, it, it just feels so wrong that the Cowboys are going to go four picks right off the top with no offense. Um, but I'm I'm just going to do it, and and I think it, it, I think Baron Browning, um, linebacker from Ohio State. I think at this point they're going it, to. It's not about who I want them to take, but I just think they're going to. Take a linebacker here, and I think it's going to be Baron Browning. He's he's around. He should be available around that time, and that's who they'll take. I'm a pretty big fan of Baron Browning, honestly. And they've got another linebacker in Pete Warner at Ohio State. Um, oh, yeah, imagine that. Ohio State has players. But there hey, are two really, hey, real really quick, good players. You've watched yeah. these Ohio State linebackers. Which one yeah. of those two dudes was the one that they decided, you know what, we're just going to let you be single covered on Deontay Smith after he torched him like, I'm trying to think, not Deontay Smith, I'm sorry, on... Uh, Devontae Smith, the Alabama yeah. guy? Yeah, do you remember yeah. that in the, in the national Sean- championship game? Like, he was all over the place, tearing them up, and then they left a lot, one of those linebackers singled up on him, and it was like the easiest touchdown you've ever seen. He just like ran straight right past them all. I yeah. think you know that, what I'm talking about? Yeah. I think it was like was, it was stunning. That was yeah. Hilliard, I think. No, no, no. It's one of these two dudes for sure. Oh, so it's one of the first two guys? Yeah. Okay. And it's not on them. I mean, like, what are they gonna do against Devontae Smith? But I'm just saying, like, it was just, it just stood out to me because it was like one of those parts in the game where you're like, Oh, what? this game's not gonna be close. Cool. Yeah. All right. <laughs> That's why I've been begging for eight teams the whole it time. Borland. Was it Borland? Oh no 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 no! Maybe what tough Borland. No man. Maybe it was. It might have been tough Borland. You might you might be right on. Yeah, that. tough Borland. Uh, I think I know, think it was Borland drafting. <laughs> I just I, I just remember I just remember tough Borland's name coming up, and I feel like yeah. that was it was probably him. Well, there's but. four of them. There's Hilliard, tough Borland. Now, Hilliard's probably you know. Fifth, sixth round. It is. It tough. is. I just, I just looked it up. It is. It is tough Borland. Yeah. Tough Borland. Like, yeah, I was yeah. about to say, I don't remember Werner or Browning getting torched by Devontae Smith. I was like, I would have remembered that. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, it was bad. That was yeah. a tough one there for a tough Borland. <laughs> 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 um, uh, I, I, I don't know. I, 
who was on the call there uh, trying to think. <laughs> Vern Lundquist, maybe? Yeah, well, that was, no, it was uh, Sean McIndoe, the finger. Um, <laughs> he looks like no, a finger. I, who my impression was, not who was actually on the call. But. Brady Christensen, offensive tackle, BYU is my pick. All right. We're addressing the offensive line here tonight. There you go. There you nah. go. We're Brady. fixing the offensive line. Like, why not? Why don't they just let us draft, guys? Well, what would I mean, the Cowboys look like if KT had drafted for them for the past? Honestly, KT. For the for 2016, who are the guys that you're like, why well, the heck did they not I can, take I can answer. I can answer this real quick. Not just for KT, but for I think all of us. Um, I mean, who? what's been the most successful pick since 2016? And I think we all make that pick. Probably earlier than they made that pick. TJ Watt? No, I was going to say Dak. No, Dak. Yeah. Everybody oh, knew. I mean, I remember at the Combine that year. I mean, that was like my yeah. first year that the Morning News was like, literally, because they had the top five pick, you know, and they had four, and obviously it took Z. But the Morning News was literally like sent me to everything. And so I remember going to the Senior Bowl, sitting around talking to Dak. I remember going to the Combine with Clarence Hill. We, I remember after Dak left the podium, we walked off with him about like how much he's talked to the Cowboys. Like everybody knew their interest in him. I don't even think we'd wait till that second, fourth round pick. I think, I think it would, would have been the Charles Tapper pick. There you go. I think that's, that's when what... most when most people were like, "Why don't they pull the trigger now on quarterback?" Because this is when Tony Romo like wasn't going to make it through a season. They didn't even know, you know, like he was coming off surgery, uh, yeah. you know, like uh, after that uh, 2015 season. So this was a, a desperate need for the Cowboys. Let's not forget that. You're right, John. And so, and, and also, also on Dak, like I mean. I, I don't know how much the DY like played a role in, in how, how much he fell like in the draft or something, but it, like he shouldn't have been he shouldn't have been available in the fourth round anyways. Like I agree with John. I think I think a lot of people would have made that pick for the Cowboys earlier. Uh, and then and okay, so then it comes down to none of us would have taken Jalen Smith. So I don't know who ends up going there, but like Miles comes Jack. down to Zeke. I would take Miles it, Jack. Yeah, so yeah, that, that was a good so possibility. So the Cowboys had Miles Jack right now. Okay. Uh, they still had Dak. I don't, I, don't, <laughs> I don't hate the Zeke pick, but you guys know I'm a big-time Florida State guy, so you know I'm taking Jalen Ramsey. Yeah. Um, you know that we're taking T.J. Watt over Taco. Uh, you know, Cheeto, Jordan Lewis, you know, after that, whatever. Who was on the board with Leighton? Leighton I, Leighton, I was fine with. I honestly, I, I don't, I didn't hate that pick. I wanted Derwin James, but Derwin James went off the board a couple of picks mm-hmm. before that. So I can't really hate on that. I can't hate on Connor Williams. Can't hate on, on Michael Gallup. So the only I other difference, Harold Landry, you know, and then Harold Landry didn't go to like 41. Oh yeah. 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 The only you other know? one I was going to say that we would have drafted different. And I'm not trying to sit there and say we would do a better job. Cause obviously we wouldn't, but like obviously Juan Thornhill's on this team over Tristan Hill. Absolutely. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah, that one was I, easy. Oh, here, here, here. Okay, I can be honest with you here. Then I, I want to make sure that I'm being completely fair. Um, I probably would have taken Caleb on Chase on over Ceedee Lamb, and I would have been wrong. But I just mm. think that much like this year, that they had yeah. to do something on defense, <laughs> and you know, that obviously they've been, you know, you know. But hold on, real quick here. Let me go ahead and stick up for myself, real here, quick here. I'm not saying any of these guys are Ceedee Lamb, but you take Caleb on Chase on last year. Let's not act like this Cowboys team wouldn't be taking Waddle or Devontae right. Smith or somebody that falls well, to them this wait. year. Like, there's always going to be wide receivers, yeah. like always. So, but, but also, like, I, I don't know that you would take Chase on John because you'd probably take T.J. Watt over over Taco oh, first. Oh yeah, well, 
and then you would and then you'd have TJ Watt and Demarcus Lawrence and you wouldn't have to take Chase on. Yeah, that's a good so, point. That's a good point. So, yeah. Which is why I try to always explain like not explain, that's a terrible word to use, but I always try to emphasize like let's not just get locked in what we're doing this year. Because if you're just taking good players, this is how you talk yourself out of Kyle Pitts, is having this need conversation when it's just, no, you're going to need that next year. You're going to need something next year. You're always going to need something in the salary cap era. So, like, yeah. you know, don't don't get too smart here, you know? What players do you guys least want to see go to the Giants or Eagles at those at that 11-12 spot? Like, is there – I mean, Kyle Pitts, I feel like, stands out, but is there anybody else where you guys would be like, damn, that sucks? Any of those three receivers. Any of the, yeah, any of the Waddles, yeah. Devontae Smiths of the world yeah. uh, going to Philadelphia. I, I don't know. These corners, JC Horn. That's what I was going to say. If you put to JC Philadelphia, right. You put JC uh, Horn <laughs> with Darius slay. Right. Mean, that's, that seems like that could be pretty nice. You know, and I would say this too, uh, maybe Philadelphia, Philadelphia is such a wild card. This draft, it feels like they don't even know what they're doing. I would hate to see them stumble upon a Trey Lance or, or Justin, Justin Fields. Fields. Oh yeah. yeah. No, that's a good one too. Yeah. I would, I would not like that. Hey, what about, Ma- what about Mac Jones? Oh, I don't care. I'll be, I, I mean, I hope the Bears take him, you know? Oh, man. Another NFC team can have him. You know what the Patriots to lose? The Patriots have won so much, the Patriots should go get Mac Jones. I don't say yep. Mac Jones is a loser. He's just, he's not, yep. he, what are people, he's not number three. He's not. Give us a player that's been drafted in the top three rounds since you've started watching prospects that you were just like, this guy sucks. Cody and Kessler. He, did he go in the top three, though? Yeah, it went round three. Oh, did he? Okay, I, th- I thought Cody he went fourth. Cody Kessler. Okay, Unbelievable. T- first, okay, first two rounds then, sorry. First two rounds. Somebody that went in the first two rounds, you're just like, this guy is not going to do anything in the league. Oh, man, that's good. Jalen? I was going to say, yeah. Had <laughs> <laughs> <And> my worries. <laughs> the jury's uh, not completely out on him yet. I don't think he's going to be a franchise, like, lead him to, to a, back to a Super Bowl, but I think he could be all right. Uh, this guy sucks, man. Since, since what years are we talking here? Well, I'm probably in the last five. Down. I don't, I don't know. Were- One that came comes to mind. I don't know. There was a there was that year where like all those quarterbacks were going like Christian Ponder, EJ <laughs> Manuel. Every year. You know, and, and I I remember when Christian Ponder and you you like Florida State, uh, John. Yeah, I remember when he would. was drafting the first round. I was like, oh, that's you know nice. how I feel about Christian- <laughs> those ways to pick. <laughs> you know, you know how I feel about Christian Ponder and uh, EJ Manuel. The same way my friends feel uh, that love Michigan when I ask them. So, you know, tell me about Quiddy Pay. Should the Cowboys take him at 10? <laughs> no. <laughs> like, right. like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's always funny when like you hear from someone like that. You're like, oh, that's interesting. Like, and, and actually, that's not even a good comparison because at least with Quiddy Pay, there's some like, you know, he's only played so much. There, there's a lot there that like yeah. is untapped where it's like EJ Manuel, Christian Ponder, you saw a lot of them. Like they play, I mean, that's one of the reasons the NFL teams like them because unlike Trey Lance, they, there's a lot of film on them. And, and so it's like, you feel like it's this safe, like, oh, we know what we're getting here with this guy. Uh, whereas like Quiddy Pay, there isn't, I guess, that much out there, you know, but I just don't get many people back in the uh, mitten telling me that, oh yeah, the Cowboys should go get Quiddy Pay at 10. Yeah, I'll Maybe at what, 15 I'll, if they trade back, but oh, one yeah. more thing, one more thing, guys. So we're doing this two round mock with everybody at the Athletic. And, um, so I'm not going to tell you, yeah, I, I will. You guys should still read it anyway. So anyway, we get down to about pick eight 
Panthers put up on the board, uh, four quarterbacks are gone. So the best quarterback that's left is, is Trey Lance. So he's, he's the only quarterback left. Panthers put up on the board, you know, trade, you know, we're looking, we're looking to trade out of this spot, you know, if anyone's interested. So Jeff Howe that covers the Patriots goes, we'll give you 15 and next year's first. And Joe, Joe person that covers the Panthers is like, Oh yeah, absolutely. Let's go. Yeah. So they end up trading there. And so the reason I'm bringing this up is because it had me thinking like, I really don't want, or I really, if I'm running the Cowboys, I don't want to get out of 10. But if new England offers you next year's first and 15, you moving out of 10, even if Sertan's there, you do it all Heck day. Yeah. You do it all day. This is where it's fun because no Who one has to be Atlanta. there that you don't do it. Uh, Pitts. Not not Sewell. Keep in mind. Yeah, keep in mind what I think of Belichick. I'm I'm thinking that this ain't going to be anything in the top twenty five. What is do you do with Sewell the if they draft a Penny Sewell? What do they do with them? I start him at left guard and just know that he'll be left tackle by week two. No, but I mean, Man. seriously, with a 17-game schedule. A no, but with a 17-game schedule, don't you think you're getting at minimum between both those offensive tackles at least five or six starts out of them? And then That's true. He, and he possibly yeah. can compete and play left guard until if you need yeah. him there? Yeah. I, I, I'm just my, – my thing with that is – and maybe I'm overblowing it on one person, and, and it might be recency bias, but, John – you saw Connor Williams walk in as a tackle and then as a guard. Like you have to transform your body, kind of, to like do that at the NFL level at at some point. Um, now, if you're elite, if you're Zach Martin, then you can do whatever the hell you want to do. Right. But a lot of a lot of guys, they have to they have to change their body weight, their body disposition, um, and, and how they're going to move their foot. Now, maybe Sewell is that guy. Maybe he is that special. But I'm just saying, unless you're like Zach Martin, it, it, it takes like an offseason to really go from guard to tackle, and it takes like a full transformation a little bit. Oh, hey, Slater. Oh, hold on, hold on. I didn't say he was going to be a good guard. I just said he could <laughs> play guard. And to be honest with you, at left guard, that might be good enough. Yeah. <laughs> Slater can do both, too. Like, Slater's proven he can do both. Like, Slater's kind of reminds me of Zach Martin a little bit. So, so only I would still take next year's first. Especially so, on uh, that team, except New for, England, who's starting Cam Newton again. New England's not going to go win 10 games. They're not going to go I win 10 games. I will promise you that New England will not have a top 20 pick next year. You'll be picking 20, You'll be picking 21 or back. I'll bet you a ton of money on that. I, I'll bet okay. you on that too, John. Okay. I'll bet you my car. Okay, I'm not going <laughs> to bet you mine because I don't know what kind of car you drive. But I don't drive a great car, trust me. They won't have a top 20 <laughs> pick next year. I'll, oh. I'll, go. I'll take that bet for real. Me too. Okay. Kent, you want some of this action? I don't know. Father they'll tra- they'll trade crazy. up for a top 20 or something, and there'll, there'll be some technicality I lose on. I don't know. <laughs> oh, now, no. Now, um, you know, it's interesting. Like we said, and we, we, we did play this out in past weeks, like John had, had mentioned, you know, the things – one of these teams that we have to assume – wants a quarterback or needs one doesn't take one. And that's what really could shake things up in Atlanta or a Carolina, you know, um, two of these quarterbacks that we assume are going to just be gone are still there at pick 10. Um, the Cowboys are in a really interesting position, like kind of in between things in between, like the, the teams that know who they're taking and, and like, right. Uh, you know, before teams that really need, positions but are kind of waiting so they're gonna have a, a lot of negotiation power i feel like on draft night yeah like as of right now i don't think a trade back's likely but 
what happens when Carolina or Atlanta and all Denver, like all that action happens in front of Dallas before they even pick. Mm-hmm. That's what opens up the doors to going, oh yeah, now trade back options could be happening. I think the real um, one is if is with Carolina. Let's say let's say Atlanta doesn't take a quarterback and they take Kyle Pitts, okay, something like that. Carolina is the same way, you know. They say let's take Penny Sewell or let's take, um, uh, you know, Patrick Sertan. Then you've got these quarterbacks sitting there, and if you're the Cowboys, you've got two or three options uh, of guys uh, that you were probably going to take because you didn't think these quarterbacks would be there. And so, yeah, it's when it gets really, really interesting, and that's that's kind of what I'm hoping happens. Honestly, I like unpredictability in drafts. Honestly, I like I like it when things get shaken up. So in that thing that the the two round mock that we did because of that uh, trade up for the Patriots to take Trey Lance at eight. That put the Cowboys in a good situation. So when I went on the clock, I got to pick between Patrick Sertan, uh, Rashawn Slater, and J.C. Horn. So I felt like I was in a great spot right there. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I think there that they're – I mean, if you tell me all five quarterbacks are going before the Cowboys pick, they're definitely going to have a good player. Exactly. That fits that, you know. Well, we're going to be here for you. Um, the NFL draft obviously coming next week. Stay tuned to The Athletic all week long. Uh, as we'll have you covered to all the stuff leading up to the draft. And then after the draft, we'll have, uh, Kent, do you have any idea what our post draft, uh, you know, podcast uh, schedule looks like? Yeah, we'll try to, we'll try to, I'll be, I'm going to be out of town during, uh, the day before and, and during the draft. So we'll, we'll get an episode out to you guys by hopefully Monday morning, uh, recapping the entire draft and all the Cowboys picks and all that kind of stuff. So, um, so look for that uh, first thing when you go to work on Monday after the draft. That's right. For Saad Youssef covering those red-hot Dallas Stars. For Father John Mashoda. For Kent Garrison, I'm KT. Happy draft, everyone. We'll see you next time on About Them Cowboys. Y'all stay corona-free, all right? And God bless.